recording. Hey, 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 welcome back to Chew the Bible. It's your good friend, A.A. Ron. We're in Matthew chapter 9. Matthew chapter 9. Hopefully everyone is having an amazing day. We're going to be reading out the New Living Translation. Jesus heals a paralyzed man. Jesus climbed into a boat and went back across the lake to his own town. Some people, <laughs> right away I just had the thought like, why did Jesus get on the boat when he can walk on water? <laughs> that just shows you Jesus, even though he could do all kind of amazing things, he was fully God, fully man. He uh, wasn't, you know, an arrogant, boastful, prideful, you know, full of himself superhero. He showed his humanity by just getting on the boat. Like, even though he could have walked across the water, probably could, yeah, he could have flown across the water, but he didn't. <clears throat> this, this is the thought that's crossed in my head. This just popped in my head just now. Jesus climbed into a boat and went back across the lake to his own town. Some people brought to him a paralyzed man on a mat. Seeing their faith, Jesus said to the paralyzed man, Be encouraged, my child. Your sins are forgiven. Interesting that he starts out saying, be encouraged. My child, your sins are forgiven. Verse 3, but some of the teachers, I could say more about that, but I'm just going to let that marinate in your head. Verse 3, but some of the teachers of religious law said to themselves, that's blasphemy. Does he think he's God? <laughs> Can't imagine what Jesus was thinking every time they would say stuff like that. Jesus knew what they were. <laughs> there you go. Jesus knew what they were thinking, so he asked them, "Why do you have such evil thoughts in your hearts? Is it easier to say your sins are forgiven, or stand up and walk?" So I will prove to you that the Son of Man has the authority on earth to forgive sins. Then Jesus turned to the paralyzed man and said, "Stand up, pick up your mat, and go home." And the man jumped up and went home. Fear swept through the crowd as they saw this happen. And they praised God for giving humans such authority. Hmm. And they praised God for giving humans such authority. Interesting. That word authority is key. It's amazing, like before the fall happened, man had authority over everything on this earth and then we abdicated a lot of that authority when we yeah when the fall happened fell into sin adam and eve and then now jesus came to restore that authority and as christians there's like a limited authority i would say Somebody might have a better way of describing it, but we haven't seen the full effects of what kind of authority we have until there's a whole new earth, new the whole millennial kingdom and all that fun stuff that we'll get to as we keep reading. All right, looking forward to that day. Jesus calls Matthew. As Jesus was walking along, he saw a man named Matthew sitting at his tax collector's booth. Follow me and be my disciple, Jesus said to him. So Matthew got up. And followed him. This is the exact scene that they showed at church on Sunday from the Chosen. It's pretty cool. Verse ten. Later, Matthew invited Jesus and his disciples to his home as dinner guests, along with many tax collectors and other disreputable sinners. Well, this is exactly what old dude can't remember his name. Brian. Is that his name? I forgot. There was, we had a guest pastor from um, Estonia preach on Sunday and this is the exact this is, was the topic of his message and he's particularly focused on verse 10 where it says later Matthew invited Jesus and his disciples to his home as dinner guests along with many tax collectors and other disreputable sinners but when the Pharisees saw this they asked the disciples why does your teacher eat with such scum I think there's a church out there actually called the scum of the earth. Anyway, y'all can go Google that. But uh, <laughs> this is wild because it's, yeah, when he was talking about this on Sunday, he was just encouraging 
the sermon he was preaching was just basically saying it's easy for us to have people over at our house or eat dinner or, you know, break bread with folks that look like us or from the same neighborhoods, you know, same, you know, ethnicity, background, you know, education levels, socioeconomic levels, um, people who are also Christians who believe what we believe, but it's another level of, like, love um, it shows the love of God when we can actually eat with people that are labeled sinners, you know, people that don't have a relationship with Jesus or who don't look like us, who don't talk like us. And that's that's one of the hardest things as Christians to break out of our comfort zones. It's a challenge. It's a challenge. He encouraged everyone to keep loving the way we are loving, but our church does a great job of loving people. But there's like a whole nother level of love that God wants to take us to. And, um, yeah, I think I shared a few recordings ago. I had a neighbor who invited my dad and I over for dinner one time, and it was cool. And I was like, man, this guy is more of a Christian than I am. But not I don't say that to, like, uh, ever condemn you or judge you or any of us or make you feel ashamed about it. Like, you never want to love out of—I um, always wanted it to be organic because anytime you try to force things— um, like, I personally don't feel comfortable right now having people here in my place, mainly because my kids are my top priority, and I got to keep this a safe space uh, just for myself and just my mental health. I do envision at some point in the future I'll have people in my place and have people over and have prayer meetings and all that stuff. For now, I feel more comfortable just meeting people like a Panera or, you know, Panera is a good gathering spot. To meet people or at the park and break bread and encourage them and get to know them it doesn't always have to be at your place so uh, but anyway where's I going with all that yes why does your teacher eat with such scum when Jesus heard this he said healthy people don't need a doctor sick people do the church is supposed to be a hospital and I think sometimes people forget that when they like, oh, I can't believe such and such did that. They're supposed to be a Christian. I can't, I can't believe they did that in church. It's like, did you forget that this place is a hospital? <laughs> people are going to cough and throw up and do all that and bleed everywhere. This is a hospital. They're here to get healed. Then he added, now go and learn the meaning of this scripture. I want you to show mercy, not offer sacrifices. For I have come to call not those who think they are righteous, but those who know, who know they are a sinner, with a capital K, they know, know, capital K-N-O-W. I know I need Jesus every second, every minute, every hour, because just like that, I can do something, say something that doesn't always, yeah, please the Holy Spirit, that grieves the Holy Spirit, that doesn't reflect what it doesn't reflect Jesus. It's not being the hands and feet of Jesus. It's not being the salt of the earth or the light of the world. All right. A discussion about fasting. One day, the disciples of John the Baptist came to Jesus and asked him, why don't your disciples fast like we do and the Pharisees do? Mm, here they go again. Jesus replied, do wedding guests mourn while celebrating with the groom? Of course not. But someday the groom will be taken away from them, and then they will fast. There's this guy named John Thurlow. I think it's J-O-N. And his last name is T-H-U-R-L-O-W, I think. He has a song about this, about the bridegroom being taken away. All right, verse 16. Besides, besides... Who would patch old clothing with new cloth? For the new patch would shrink and rip away from the old cloth, leaving, on, leaving an even bigger tear than before. Hmm. I never dealt with patched clothes as a kid, but those of y'all that have, you would understand. And no one puts new wine into old wineskins, for the old skins would burst from the pressure, spilling the wine and ruining the skins. New wine is stored in new wineskins so that both are preserved. It'd be cool to talk to somebody that knows about wineskins or somebody that's pitched 
patched clo clothing. This kind of stuff would jump off the page for them. Let's keep it moving. Jesus heals in response to faith. As, as Jesus was saying this, we're in verse 18. As Jesus was saying this, the leader of a synagogue came and knelt before him. My daughter has just died, he said, but you can bring her back to life again if you come, if you just come and lay your hand on her. So that other dude prior, he said, hey, just say the word, just say the word, and I believe my soldier will be healed. And then this guy is like, please come actually lay your hands on, on, on my daughter. And the biggest thing why I pointed that out while I'm pausing here for a second, because if you notice, Jesus always, he seemed to like meet people where they were at their level of faith. You see that everyone had varying levels of faith. The one guy was willing to just say, say the word. And, but Jesus did point out, he's like, man, I haven't seen anybody with such great faith in all, in all the land. He did point that guy out. And this guy, his faith isn't on the same level as this other guy. But God doesn't, like, condemn that guy, this guy here. I'm going to keep reading. Let's go. He just says, hey, can you come lay, lay your hand on her? Verse 19, so Jesus and his disciples got up and went with him. Just then, a woman who had suffered for 12 years with constant bleeding came up behind him. She touched the fringe of his robe. For she thought, if I can just touch his robe, I will be healed. See, this lady... Look at her faith. Her, her faith is on the level of that last guy we just talked about. For she thought, if I can just touch his robe, I will be healed. Verse 22, Jesus turned around, and when he saw her, he said, Daughter, be encouraged. Your faith has made you well. And the woman was healed at that moment. Instant, instantly. Don't y'all wish I dealt with a a uh, ear infection, whatever it was for like the last month it seemed like and it kept getting progressively worse and even now it's better but it's still kind of acting goofy or whatever I'm going to have to go back to putting drops in again but um, and I've been praying for it's gotten a lot better than it was it was very painful and yeah anyway and I've been praying for it every day it's like Lord heal my heal my ear heal my, heal my ear heal, just completely heal my ear and as I've said before, like, I don't, and my pastors talked about this at my church, whatever. Uh, and I've heard other pastors talk about this, how sometimes Jesus heals things right away. Some of it has to do with our faith. Sometimes it has to do with the person praying for you, his, their level, his or her level of faith. And sometimes in my personal experience, the very thing that like, there's something about whenever I'm experiencing pain, you know, or sickness, and I'm crying out to God, and it kind of sounds kind of morbid when I say this, but there's this intimacy that's developed while I'm, I pray, I pray in ways that I didn't pray before, you know, all of a sudden it's easier for me to pray when I'm sick or struggling with something really bad, especially like if I'm dealing like a tooth pain or yeah, the ear pain I was dealing with, and yeah, if it's heightened, yeah, pain, I do not like, I have a low tolerance for pain. And my prayer life exponentially increases when I'm in pain, right? Especially physical pain. And I've said this before, there's like the intimacy that's developed with God through the prayer times. And that wouldn't have happened if I just got instantly healed, you know? And what's crazy to think about, because our lives, our lives are like, in the scan, in this, in the grand scheme of eternity, our lives are a blip; they're a vapor. They're gonna go by so quick. We're here and gone, just like that. So, if you think about it, in the grand scheme of things, pain is very temporary, but it feels very. Sometimes it can feel very like long because we're earthly beings. And some some people have been dealing. I know I have friends who. Uh, one particular friend has been dealing with chronic pain. Even my brother deals with chronic pain from his military days. Every day, deal with, there's people that deal with chronic pain. They just wish God would just remove it. And they've taken pain medication and done all kind of therapy. And still, I was going to it's like, God, why can't you just instantly heal these folks? And um, it's good to meditate on that Psalm 147.3, that he's healed our broken hearts and bandaged all of our wounds. But also just other... Um, and there's a bunch of other scriptures, healing scriptures you can pull up. 
but just meditating on the goodness of God. And I know it's easier said than done because I'm not the one dealing with your pain. Everybody has dealing with all kind of stuff. I don't know your, your situation, but all I can say is keep crying out to God. And one day you might just experience your healing. I pray by faith that you will. But even if you don't experience it on this side of heaven, you will experience it in eternity. And um, there's hope. And people who don't know Jesus don't have that hope. So, and there's something about, yes, that's the last point I was going to say. Before you know it, you will have this intimacy with God and you will desire, you actually will desire him and to be with him more than even your physical healing. And that sounds crazy to say, because I hate, I do not like pain. I just wanted to go away. I'd hate any type of sickness, pain, none of that. But before you know it, like your every thought is about Jesus. This is all you want. He's all you want. You just want him more than even your healing from the sickness. And yeah. So this thing about Job after he was healed of all everything, you know, the intimacy that he had with God that he would not have had if he had not experienced all the things that he experienced particularly the sickness all right i didn't mean to go that long but here we go we're almost done verse 23 when jesus arrived at the official's home he saw the noisy crowd and heard the funeral music wow they had the organs and everything playing people were jumping in the casket get out he told them the girl isn't dead she's only asleep hmm well, that's a whole nother conversation because there's this whole belief that people have about soul sleep and and yeah, this once again is Bible calculus on the concept of sleep, the terminology that was used a lot about sleeping to describe somebody as dead, saying that they were asleep. And here, this one young lady was actually asleep, as far as we know, or she could have been in a coma. I'll let y'all go read commentaries on this. Like, look at all the examples in the Bible where it talks about people being asleep. And what that, yeah. And within that particular context, what they were trying to, what was going on. All right. But the crowd laughed at him. <laughs> Could you imagine being Jesus and folks laughing at you? They thought he was, they thought he was for real cracking a joke. He's like, no, nah, I'm serious. Like, she's sleeping. Watch. Let me show you. I can show you better than I can tell you. I'm from the show me state. I mean, y'all are from the show me state. Y'all need to be shown everything. But I'm from Kansas, whatever Kansas is. All right, here we go. And I'll need to click my heels to make things happen. All right, after the crowd was put outside, however, Jesus went in and took the girl by the hand and she stood up. I love to see their reactions about that. The report of this miracle swept through the entire countryside i bet it did i bet it made tmz and all the other front page news it's the st louis post dispatch kc star yahoo news all right jesus heals the blind after jesus left the girl's home two blind men followed along behind him shouting son of david have mercy on us hmm they went out into the house where he was staying, where he was staying. And Jesus asked them, do you believe I can make you see? Mm. Do you believe I can make you see? Yes, Lord, they told him. We do. Then he touched their eyes. Because of your faith, it will happen. Then their eyes were opened and Jesus could see. And my bad, Jesus could already see. Then their eyes were opened and they could see. Jesus sternly warned them. Mm. Don't tell anyone about this because <laughs> yeah, his fame is spreading even more. And Jesus is probably like, I don't need anybody. <laughs> yeah, anyway, he's like, just don't tell anybody. That's that's what I love about Jesus. He did things in secret because nowadays we got a, like a lot of these like traveling evangelists and healers and people claiming to do stuff. And um, I don't know by what power they're always doing it. Some of them might be moving by the power of Jesus. Some of them other powers. Anyway, we live in a world where everything's on Instagram, Snapchat. Every church has a camera in it now. And that's going to be interesting, too. Like, once once 
this third wave of revival that people were talking about, I don't think we fully seen what people are predicting. But uh, like I, I used to go to them Benny Hinn concerts when I was a kid with my parents, and he would fill out these arenas and he'd be waving his little cape, or his his uh, his suit jacket, and folks be falling out. Y'all ain't seen nothing yet. <laughs> And uh, yeah, I know there's yeah, that, and we live in a world where people have seen that, and then there's all this scandal tied. To, I never want to talk bad about any of God's people, or leaders, or you know, apostles, prophets, teachers, anybody in healing ministry. Never want to say anything bad. It's just that we have seen these documentaries and these people get exposed or whatever and there's all this skepticism about can jesus really heal does the church have does jesus actually still heal in church and have healing powers and folks to work through people are the gifts of healing like one of those gifts is that for today or was that just old testament you know was that just um in the you know during that time in the new testament i mean in the book of Matt, in the Gospels and Acts, was it just for that time period? Is that, or is that still available today? There are people that will tell you there's real accounts of healings that have taken place. My personal opinion is God can do whatever He wants because He's got. Sometimes there's a whole group of folks, and I've heard stories where a lot of healing actually takes place in other parts of the world more, where there's not a whole lot of cameras in these remote villages and stuff. Where, yeah. Um, anyway, my main point is God can do whatever he wants. Sometimes he'll heal in front of a big crowd. Sometimes I think he's a God. Sometimes he does it in secret just so that one person or those couple people that were around that prayed for that person can see the healing. God can do whatever he, he does. He works in mysterious ways. I'm not even going to pretend to know the mind of God and why he heals in certain situations and other situations he doesn't seem to. So I think it's a combination of God is sovereign. He can heal. He can choose whenever. And some people don't like to hear that. Like, that seems very like a like, why doesn't God just heal people all the time? Seems very, um, once again, morbid for him to to only pick and choose when to heal and not, you know, do miracles. Yeah, I don't understand the mind of God. And I'm not going to try to um, pretend to know that I do. And then then it's also the second and third part. Sometimes it's our own faith. And sometimes it's the faith of the person that's praying for you. So I'll go back to exactly what I've heard my pastor say before. At the end of the day, hearts a heart that's healed. He's seen way more hearts that have been healed than like actual physical healings. So... And a lot of times that's what it takes to get the physical healing is the heart has to be healed first. A relationship with Jesus has the, the, that brokenness, that separation from God because we don't have a relationship with Jesus Christ. That has to be fixed first before. And sometimes it takes the physical healing for somebody to believe and to be radically changed for them to actually be healed in their hearts and, and be radically changed on the inside. Sometimes he works to the inside first, then the outside, then the outside in. So that's just my couple cents on that. All right. Uh, once again, these are just my opinions, just my thoughts as a 35-year-old Christian who's seen a lot of stuff over the years at different churches. All right. Don't tell or on online and documentaries, movies, whatever. All right. Don't tell anyone about this. But instead, he knew they were going to go. <laughs> but instead, they went out and spread his fame all over the region. Which, that's another thing that our church quotes a lot, is healing for the sake of evangelism. So this is a perfect example of that, where healing is actually a good evangelistic tool. Somebody like, let somebody who's been paralyzed in a pit wheelchair their whole life go to church on this Sunday and all of a sudden they run around doing laps, playing basketball, slam dunking everywhere. I guarantee you everybody in the Kansas City metro region is going to be at church on Sunday. Won't even be able to get a seat. Let some blind person who's been blind since birth with no eyeballs, like, yeah, like, yeah, a person was born with no, with no, yeah, detached retinas or like not even, um, I've heard of people that are blind that don't even have, um, 
they don't even have yeah the eyeballs or whatever her story just something like you know that you know this is a miracle this wasn't made up and all of a sudden they can see everybody or they got eyeballs or somebody like you know something i've wanted all since i was a kid is you know get a new smile right perfectly white smile it's not in the budget right now for me to go to the dentist or go to an orthodontist to get my teeth straight and whatever i don't want to pay money for whatever the mother invisalign and all that kind of stuff i don't know we'll figure it out eventually um i've always wanted a you know perfectly straight smile right and uh yeah let me go to church this Sunday and somebody pray for my teeth to get straightened and I, all of a sudden I got a perfectly white straight smile I'm going to be going around to everybody and telling and showing off my smile be like Jesus gave me this girl I'm going to be smiling like Dion all the time no shame in my game anymore and what's weird is I've had people tell me multiple times this I mean when I was out in Charlotte one time I had a random stranger come up to me and tell me they loved my smile like I'm just walking into some random restaurant and this random stranger come like I didn't even know I was smiling because usually half the time I'm not smiling I sometimes probably give off the vibe that I'm kind of in a bad mood or like Eeyore but whatever this day this was I was actually smiling maybe I opened the door for some lady and I smiled at her and she said you have a beautiful smile a gorgeous smile she was going like just talking about my I'm like I've never had like I'm like are you seeing are you an angel or something are you seeing something that I don't see you know sometimes I think about that like in the spirit realm maybe my people can see my glorified body sometimes when they see me or I don't know because we are seated at the right hand of the father maybe and I can't see it yet but somebody else sees it and my glorified body be showing out sometimes and they can see this perfectly perfect you know Dion Sanders type smile I don't know, but the Aaron Yancey that looks in the mirror every day and sees his physical body that's not in the glorified body yet, he sees a crooked smile that's, you know, not perfectly white, right? And the day that changes without me having to go to the dentist, orthodontist, whatever, my dad ended up having to get dentures, so part of me is like, what's the point? Like, in like 30-something years or whatever, they're probably going to pray to God this doesn't happen, but they're going to probably start trying to, you know, fall out pray to god that doesn't happen um hopefully i have the money they have advances in technology that allow you to just spawn or grow a third set of teeth anyway my point is when the miracles start rolling through at the churches the local churches everywhere there's not it's gonna be standing room only people gonna be in going out into the parking lot lines like people complain about People complain about uh, how long church is on Sundays. Shoot, church is going to go all day into the night. I'll tell you that right now. It's going to be going. It's going to be long services. The hospitals will be empty. And they're going to be coming to the real hospital to get healed. It's going to be amazing. People dealing with all kinds of mental health issues have been schizophrenic, bipolar multiple personality disorder, on drugs, fentanyl, heroin, cocaine, strung out, all the rehab centers are going to be, think about that, churches ain't even ready for, churches don't even have the resources yet, think about that, when all the people come out of the rehab centers and the nut houses, I hate to use the word nut house, I've been in one so I can say it, uh, <laughs> people come out of the, uh, yeah, the depression centers, the, the clinics, and the hospitals, and the the imp, the uh, nursing homes and the people dealing with dementia and they're coming to the church to receive their healing. That's the picture of revival that I see and it's going to be amazing. It's going to be amazing. Go look up the Azusa Street revival that happened. Um, look up Azusa Street. A-Z-U-S-A. A-Z-U-S-A. And you'll see what I'm talking That was on a small scale. Y'all ain't seen nothing yet. Alright. When they left... Here we go. Verse 32. When they left, a demon-possessed man who couldn't speak was brought to Jesus. Verse 33. So Jesus cast out the demon, and then the man began to speak. The crowds were amazed. Yeah, it's going to be a lot of demon casting out of. It's coming. Nothing like this has ever happened in Israel, they exclaimed. We're going to be saying the same thing. Nothing like this has ever happened in Kansas City. 
Nothing like this has ever happened in Los Angeles. Nothing like this has ever happened in New York. It's going to happen all over the United States, all over the world. And yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Verse 34, but the Pharisee said, there's some people that don't believe this stuff's going to happen. I have hope that it will. Even if it's on like a, only in a few cities. Um, you know how people, there's people that drive hours to go to like the Mayo Clinic or to Children's Mercies Hospitals or, you know, these special hospitals for people that have these like very um, weird, like not weird, yeah, very uh, rare, there you go, that's a better word, rare diseases and they have to travel like hours to go see a specialist that can, like the only specialist that can handle their situation or, you know, do all these experimental drugs and medications and stuff. There's gonna be people that I feel like driving hours to just go to church because that particular church is actually walking in authority and power. There's nothing special about these folks is going to be, well, there will be something special about them in that they might have been like praying and fasting for years, and but they won't be prideful about it. It won't be like, show me, show me about it, or be all puffed up like, look at us, or being like, all right, now give us a billion dollars or a hundred, you know, charging folks for their healings. Like, now give us a hundred thousand dollars. That'd be a hundred grand. Sending them these big old doctor bills because they got healed, or sending people home with this healing special water that they bottled up and profiting off of it. All right, let's keep going. It's sad. It's sad because a lot of people don't trust healing anymore or believe for healing because of all the crazy stories you hear about out there. And people using it for their um, as a money making opportunity. All right, uh, nothing like this has ever happened in Israel. They exclaimed. So much for doing this in fifteen minutes. We're almost done. But the Pharisee said he can cast out demons because he is empowered by the Prince of Demons. Ooh, y'all gonna eat? Y'all eating them words right now? Then that's bold to say something like that. All right, the need for workers. All right, so yeah, this is, I feel like in other, like in one of the other gospels, Jesus actually addresses their comment, but Matthew kind of doesn't always digress about things. Sometimes, sometimes he goes into detail, but for the most part, he gives a lot of overview of things that happen. I think it's Luke is the one, or John, one of them like really goes into a lot more detail, and they, Jesus actually addresses their comment, them accusing him of, casting out demons by the power of demons he's like really really that doesn't even make any sense what y'all just ba he basically in a nice way says like what y'all just said is stupid how can i possibly be casting out demons by a demon by and i'm demon possessed that don't make no sense um seems counterintuitive or you know to do something like that the demons will want the demons to stay in the person not cast them out if he was a demon anyway all right the need for workers jesus traveled through all the towns and villages of that area teaching in the synagogues and announcing the good news about the kingdom and he healed every kind of disease and illness this is a question for myself and a question for you just think about it is the gospel and what jesus has done in your life and the lives of others is that good news is that good news to you and if it is, what are we going to do about it? All right. I'm just, I'm actually saying that to myself. It's something I have to ask myself every day because I don't always treat it like good news. Like sometimes I treat it like the newspaper. You know, when you used to get the newspaper, for those of y'all got it and you didn't actually read it, you would actually just throw it in the, right in the recycling bin. Or like, uh, you got to imagine getting a check in the mail and it was a million dollar check, but you thought it was just, um, you thought it was some kind of scam or you thought it was like uh, somebody trying to sell you something. And so you ripped up the check, threw it in the, the little recycling bin they had right next to the mailboxes because you didn't think it was that important. Or I'll give you one more scenario. If this is something I think about. Like, yeah, I say that if my teeth miraculously all of a sudden were straight and white, right? Without having to go, or this, yeah, I had one of my teeth pulled a year, um, few years ago. If that just miraculously, one of my molars in the back, because I ate a Starburst and broke my molar off, and I 
anyway, I got it pulled about a year ago or however long ago it was, a year and a half. I need to go look and see when that was. Anyway, if that just miraculously grew back right one day, I would, or uh, my middle finger straightened up, but really the teeth thing. If that just happened, or I just woke up one day and had muscles or whatever and a six pack, I would go tell, hey, I'll be telling all my Uber riders, like, hey, check out this six pack I just got. This is a miracle. Like, let me show you the before and after on my teeth. Let me show you the before and after in my smile, right? Jesus did that. Jesus did that. And he can do that for you too. And even, but we would go do that, right? But what about what he's done in our heart? What he's done in our lives? Like how quick are we to tell people, spread the good news of what he's done in our heart? The, the times he saved us from some really jacked up situations that we definitely should have died and not be here. Or saved our marriages, saved our children, saved our finances, whatever. How often are we willing to just spread that good news? Or just the good news of the gospel that I was on the path to hell and now I'm on the path now I get to spend eternity with Jesus. How good of news is that? Just so many times in my head, I justify like, ah, this person doesn't want to have to hear what I have to say. Ah, I don't feel like giving this person a sales pitch or coming across as too religious or too preachy. And this person, they got their headphones on. They don't want to hear what I have to say. Uh, yeah, they don't even look like they, they're going to give me a bad, another bad Uber rating. They're going to say something bad and they're going to, give me one star say I talk too much or I preach too much what's crazy is when I was more bold about the gospel my actual my uber rating was actually a five like consistently and I used to wonder like why is my uber rating still a five and lately I haven't been as bold I haven't been as bold as much I don't even play worship music all the time sometimes I play this like generic like instrumental music and my Uber rating is like slowly been declining. Now it's like 4.96. And I've had three people say that I was rude. And somebody make up something and said that I had somebody in my front seat that was totally not true. They said I was, I had somebody in my front seat and that I was in a car that wasn't my, that wasn't the car that, it wasn't the car that was said in the app. They made up this, all this bogus stuff. I like to think that that was Jesus in the front seat. But I think the person was just trying to get a free ride, which happens. There's scammers out there. Anyway, my point is how precious and how much is the gospel of what Jesus Christ has done in our lives good news to us? And if if it's that of good of news, like one more thing. Have you ever, I can't, I, I got to pause this for a second. And I'm, I'm convicting myself by saying this stuff. And this is not to like be led by the spirit. Because sometimes we can be machine gun Christians and that doesn't usually turn out too well. Be led by the Spirit. When you get the unction to say something, say it. But think about it. If I just looked on my phone right now, went into my bills and saw and looked at like like credit my credit karma account and saw that all my $100,000 in student loans was wiped out. Uh, and that the little $13,000 I have in collections that's sitting there was wiped out. And then I went into my child support balance or whatever and saw that it's all of a sudden didn't say 15 grand anymore, but it says zero. Or just those, that alone, just one of those three, it don't have to be all three, but just one of those three things happen. You best believe I'm going to be jumping up and down and texting all my friends, posting on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, all of it. The Twitters, maybe not the Twitterverse, but uh, yeah, the Reddit. I'm po- I'm telling everybody. I'm taking screenshots. I'm sending it. I'm showing everybody about this miracle that is happening. I'm I'm gonna hesitate for saying like, hold on, say is this real? Is this 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 couldn't? Yeah, this might be. I, I can't, part of me kind of might be hesitant to do it because then I'd be like maybe. It was a glitch in the matrix computer systems and they're going to come back and fix it later. But there's been a debt that each and every one of us has had called sin that's been paid. That's greater than all those debts I just mentioned. And we, you would think we'd be jumping up and down, but something about the gospel has become so dull to us. I'm talking to myself right now that we barely get excited about it or 
it's like pulling teeth to get somebody to evangelize or or we get very fearful about what the person is going to think or say or worried about whether or not we're going to say it right when you have good news and you've been saved from something or you know you've experienced something good you just share it we're prone look at facebook scroll on facebook most of the stuff that's on facebook right now is good news things that people all the highlights of people's lives their vacations the highlights the highlights the highlights the house of highlights Anyway, all right, I'm done talking about good news. Uh, where was I? All right, the need for workers. Oh, where did I leave off? Oh, we'll just read that. Verse 35. Jesus traveled through all the towns and villages of that area, teaching in the synagogues and announcing the good news about the kingdom. The, the kingdom. Not the chief's kingdom, but the kingdom. Kingdom of heaven. And he healed every kind of disease and illness. Not just some of the diseases and illness, illnesses, but all of them. Every kind. He was a, what do they call it? Osteopathic me- uh, doctor. <laughs> What are, yeah, he, he did it all. He performed it all. Surgeries, all of it. Boom. He was the dentist, the doctor, the eye doctor. Yeah. The heart, sur- all, all of it. He did it all. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were confused and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. He said to his disciples, the harvest is great, but the workers are few. So pray to the Lord who is in charge of the harvest. Ask him to send more workers into his fields. So that's the last question I'll close on, and I'm actually going to pray. It's like, are we going to be a part of the few? I actually need to change the title of this to Good News. I call it Blind Believers, but... I guess that is a good title because Christianity, man, like, honestly, everything we we get glimpses of God's glory. But really, at the end of the day, I feel like a blind person every day that I walk out of this house. Even when I wake up, I feel like a blind person in that not physically blind, but, in a, you know, I have pretty good vision. I've been told I was told when I was younger that I should have been a pilot because I have really good eyesight. I'm talking about spiritually blind there's so many things and faith blind believing that when i allow the holy spirit to work through me and speak up or you know pull out a amount you know some money in my wallet and give it to somebody even go to the atm and get some money out and give to somebody or like spend time with somebody to encourage them and love them there is and, and go the extra mile to help somebody to go out of my way to help somebody i had that happen the other days anyway it happens a lot i run across scenarios where people need help especially being an uber there's a lot of people that are just in some rough situations right and i have the, op- I have the opportunity to to go to not worry about money in that instance and actually go the extra mile to help them i'm not always great at this but there's times where i'm like you know what I'm going to show this person some grace and mercy because I've shown, been shown a lot of grace and mercy, right? It's funny, too, because I actually, there was a young lady in my car. I was, will share this story real fast, and then I'm going to pray. There's a young lady in my car, and she didn't have enough money to go to um, her destination. It was like a 20-minute ride, too, and we get out there. And she's like, I'm sorry, I didn't have enough money on my card to pay for the full ride to get all the way home. And I'm, and she's like, it's don't, she's like, it's, it don't worry, it's just across the street, I can walk from there. So I was like, no, I was like, where, where so where, where exactly are you needing to go? I was like, I'll just take you there. Don't worry about it. That happens sometimes. You know, every once in a while, this kind of situation will happen. I was like, I'll just don't worry. They'll have the address wrong. Anyway, I was like, I'll just take you to where you really need to go. 
this young lady lived like another like at least five minute drive from the drop off that she would have and she would have had to walk i want to say it would have been like a two hour walk probably yeah it's probably more like almost i want to say eight minutes i don't know it was in this nice area too nice and really nice neighborhoods when i dropped her off she lived at like a really really nice house like probably at least a million three quarters of a million dollar home over in kansas and a couple thoughts went through my head it's like god i know you saw this i know i'm you know normally the right protocol you know to get compensated is tell them like hey you need to or i could have been like rude to this lady it was like hey you got to get out you know i could have assumed that that she was telling me the truth and that where she needed to go was really across the street but in my heart i was like nah she's just being nice she doesn't want to inconvenience me or feel like i you know that i'm being bothered by it or whatever she's being nice i was like let me just take her to where she needs to go and um and i and it's cur- and then my my flesh is like man this this young lady she gotta have how she not have money like i'm dropping her off at this fat house and you gotta have some money like you your house like you live in a nicer place than i do in a nicer neighborhood than i do how do you not have money she looked like she was going through it though like she might have been on and i've I've dealt with that a lot lately i've been picking up these kids there's one kid anyway i won't go into a whole lot of detail but like people on drugs they have a lot of like who are but they seem like they have a lot of money i'm picking up these nice houses in these nice neighborhoods but they're they're like the kids of these rich folks right and my flesh sometimes is like, man, like these folks, why am I helping this folk, this person? They and they barely even say thank you sometimes, right? Don't show a whole lot of gratitude, right? Why am I like your flesh would do that? And so I'll just close it out in prayer. Heavenly Father, yes. So the yeah, that girl that I took to her house, the very next rider I got, the name that popped up, their name was Grace. No lie. The name was Grace. And I just laugh because God is always winking at me like that. Just reminding me like we all need grace. All of us. All of us. All of us need God's grace. We've experienced. And when the more you've experienced God's grace, this is like this is the last thing I'll close out with. The more you've experienced God's grace and are aware of God's grace, the more you're willing to extend it to other people. Because if you don't fully aren't aware or you're blind to how much grace you've received, you won't You're less or the more you've hardened your heart. The less likely you are willing to like show other people grace and to not walk in fear but walk in faith so heavenly father i just pray in the name of jesus lord just like this word says at the end that you would um that you are the lord of the harvest god and there's many people who for whatever reason just don't want to have anything to do with you lord and they keep going to all these different wells in this world and all these different things and people and and things and success and jobs and money and whatever thinking that that's going to fulfill that big hole in their heart but it's you jesus that can only fill that heart that that hole in our hearts and i just pray god that you'll give us boldness um to be uh to be your workers to be willing to actually love on people and not walk in fear but walk in faith and to um extend other people grace even right now lord i deal with it big time just like i'm an empath i feel everything sometimes it's overwhelming like this is too much for me god to be able to like i want to help everybody and i want to like fix everybody's situation lord and i just pray in the name of jesus in those moments i pray for those that deal with that same situation same um issue lord sometimes trying to always go out of the way to help people and it's doing it out of their flesh and doing it out of like overextending themselves god i pray in the name of jesus that we will walk in the spirit and be led by the spirit and be able to even if we have like a glass all we have is a glass of water or like a quarter in our pocket be like hey just being realistic like this is all i have god and you multiply it you multiply it god you multiply it. you work you just take this what i have or this little minute, limited amount of time that I have, or this little minute, limited amount of energy that I have to, to help this person, or whatever it is, whatever we have, we at least give that in grace. And um, 
not and I pray against that spirit of shame and, and those lies that come in sometimes like you're not Christian enough if you don't do this for that person, that person or Lord, I just pray that we would just walk in the spirit, we abide in the spirit and we would be not afraid to share the good news of, of the gospel and telling people like, hey, I can I can give you this five dollars or this, you know, whatever. But God has something that's even greater for you than this five dollars. And just share your testimony with that person and, and, and of, of, of God's goodness and his faithfulness. I just pray that we would be more bold and willing to do that. In Jesus' mighty name I pray. Amen. All right, y'all. I did not mean for that to go 50 minutes, but there you go. Matthew chapter 9. God bless y'all. And until next time, I'll holler at you later. Romans 3.23 says, For all have sinned or missed the mark or veered off the path and fallen short of the glory of God or God's perfect standard. Romans 6.23 says, For the wages or the cost of that sin is death or eternal separation from God. But the free gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Romans 5a says, But God demonstrated his love toward us or showed his love toward us in that while we were still yet sinners, Jesus Christ died for us. Romans 10 verse 9 through 10 says that if we will confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in our heart that God has raised him from the dead, we will, not might be, not maybe, we will be saved. For with our hearts we believe we are now in right standing with God and with our mouths we confess that we are now saved. Lastly, Romans 10 verse 13 says that whosoever, anybody, everybody who calls upon the name of the Lord, they will be saved. So if you never asked Jesus into your heart or you've walked away from him and you would like to rededicate your life to him, you can just simply say, dear God, I know I'm a sinner. I know my sin deserves to be punished. I believe Jesus Christ is the son of God who died for me and rose from the grave. I want to turn from my sin and trust Jesus Christ alone as my Savior. Thank you for the forgiveness and everlasting life I can now have through faith in Jesus. In Jesus' mighty precious name I pray. Amen.